Ho, 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 comic book fans. This is Anchor Pete, or I'm just fucking Pete now. There we go. Pete on Comic Books Transformed. Merry Christmas from me and my favorite Cybertronian elf with his many shelves over there, Brian Corshair. Brian, it's cold where you live, is it not? Yes. Uh, I, we were just talking about how it's about 14, 15 degrees in both our locations right now. So, mm -hmm. uh, fun, yeah. fun times. Yeah, we are just a couple of days uh, away from Christmas. It's, uh, December 23rd, there is an Arctic blast going through our country right now. And I think that at least one of the two shows we're going to discuss today has gotten a pretty cold reception from a lot of people. You know, you know what? Uh, I, I'm going to go on a limb here. I, I think maybe, maybe the weather's doing it to me, but I had a pretty cold reception to both episodes today. Whoa. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. We're going to have a little interesting discussion then because... Yes. Um, we're discussing two things, guys. Doom Patrol, Season 4, Episode 4. Uh, and then we are also discussing Willow, Episode 5. So, um, I just spoilers, I did not like that episode of Willow, but I did like this episode of Doom Patrol. Um, I had a, I had a, there were a couple merits for each, probably a little more for Doom Patrol this week. But yeah. overall, uh, I think this is probably the one of the weakest sets of reviews, I think. That I've gone through. I, I, uh, I, we were, we were told that we were generous in our review of Willow. Yeah. Uh, early on, and I promise this week I will not be that generous. Oh yes, we're both gonna be Scrooges when it comes to that fucking show this week. Bah humbug. Yes, bah humbug. Fucking Willow, take that Warwick Davis. Go back to playing the Leprechaun. So anyway, um, Doom Patrol episode four, <laughs> Casey Patrol, Casey Patrol. So, um. This is one of those weird episodes that many of the shows we like have every so often where it's just like the main characters aren't there at all. You're dealing with totally different side characters. And is that the reason why you didn't like it so much? Um, no, I just think it, it, um, it, it felt stretched out, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that this would have worked better as a B-plot or mm -hmm. half of an episode or something. Uh, I like the the overall message that's trying to say, uh, you know, that the, the, the people, the the, the Dannysons need to kind of get out of their comfort zone and then, you know, go be in the real world. And then we're also introduced to uh, Space Case, Casey Brink, um, who is a, a, from the Gerard Way version of Doom Patrol, which is a lot more recent. And uh, instead of uh, instead of being creation of Danny, she's a creation of Dorothy. Uh, who was who was back? And I actually, I really liked Dorothy. I really liked the actress who plays Dorothy. I really liked her in season two. I was kind of bummed that she really wasn't in much of season three. So uh, I'm hoping she sticks around for a bit longer here. But um, I I think the the episode just was too long for the story they tried to tell. Um, they didn't give too much reasoning behind what was going on. Um, I I guess ultimately that uh, this is all tying into uh, some comic artist i guess trying <laughs> yeah. to uh bring back immortus so he he now has the amulet from the previous episode and now he has this other uh trinket that uh that has does it have the estes miles colder left now uh, i think so yeah uh that dorothy had and uh and that's that's apparently two parts to bring immortus back yeah dude that is a really really good point that you made about how like this would work if it was like a b plot to something that the Doom Patrol was doing in the A plot. Really good point. Uh, I, I actually did feel that too. I felt like it was kind of stretched out a bit. Um, especially because you had a couple of sequences where 
Who's the head of the Danny camp? What's morally what's, corrupt? Morally I, corrupt. That's just, I'll never forget that name because I think it's so clever. That is such an awesome, yes, that's an awesome drag queen name. Yeah, I felt like there was like maybe one too many scenes with Morley Corrupt sitting down with Dorothy discussing what she had to do. You know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, they they repeated themselves a little bit too much. Um, I actually, I I didn't like Casey at first. Uh, I faced Casey first. Uh, I I didn't like the take of the, uh, uh, you know, I'm a comic book and I'm going to talk like this sort of kind of thing. Yeah, um, I I did. She did grow on me by the end uh, when she was kind of like, "Wow, like I wasn't real and now I am, and I guess I got to go experience life, sort of." Yeah, I think I'm being generous there. Um, I hope that that gets better. Uh, I, I I did like, uh, I mean, so far I like the comic version of the character better, who is um, a normal person, uh, who was normal speaking and didn't know she was in a comic book initially. So right. she thought she was a normal person, and then she, you know, uh, all the other things are the same. She has the artificial leg, you know. She is from the comic book. Her dad is uh, Terminax or T- Terminox. Terminox, um, yeah. Terminox, all that, like that's all there. But I-, I didn't like the the angle they took about you know her being self-aware and brought in um, as as a fake character initially. Like, I I think I would have liked it better if if it was started from her point of view. Mm. Okay, man. But then again, I mean, then again, it's just, you. It, it's hard to to pull that kind of thing off in a, in a show here. Um, you know, that that's like it's easier to pull up in a comic book, especially in the comic where she started. It was kind of like a relaunch of the series after a very long time. Uh, it kind of made sense here, but this she's being inserted into an existing current thing, so it would have been hard to do it the other way. I understand that, but. Um, not a great first impression for me. Yeah, man, I must have asked Santa Brian for some good points this year because you were just delivering them today, man. Uh, that is a really good point because I actually, when I was writing our notes, I was like, wait, did I actually like this character? Because I felt like I did. But then initially I didn't like Casey either. And I think it's exactly what you said. She has this sort of like, oh, I'm a comic book character, so I'm going to talk in this exaggerated way, which is such an ironic thing since it's like a show that's based on a comic book, you know? Like, yeah where the people get comics that, that write this show. Um, whenever you have a character like that, that's sort of like that Buzz Lightyear type personality, it, yeah. it's, it's, it can be pretty obnoxious. And luckily, by the course of the episode, we feel for her because of her situation with her father, you know? Yeah, and, no, I really like the angle they took where um, she's, where at one point Dorothy stops uh, Space Case from using her lightning powers uh, to like obliterate one of the denizens taken over by the the Vetrax. man, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, and like, oh, you know, we don't want to hurt them because you know they're our friends, and, and you know, in, in the real world, you know, they, they if they die, they may not come back. Right. And that kind of like sticks her in head, and she just certainly doesn't want to defeat her father for the hundred and forty fourth time because yeah. she's afraid that he won't come back. So I really like that angle there, and I think this this and again the the whole concept of. Uh, getting Dorothy out of her little rut, uh, getting the the Danizens out of uh, out of the safety of, of Dannyland, and it back into their own you know created safe space in the real world. I think was a really good message and really good uh, ideas, but um, it just dragged on a little bit too much for me. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. I that that point that you made about how she sort of realizes that oh, people can die here. 
I feel like that's such a big part of this show on a macro scale. And it's certainly a big part of the show this season, which seems to be like really focusing on the idea of like immortality, not being able to die. Immortus is the main villain and that's his whole shtick. Uh, Niles Calder obviously brought back all the people from the Doom Patrol or like kind of experimented on them in ways to make them be immortal. And the whole idea behind him, they even kind of just remind us of it in the very beginning of the episode where uh, Dorothy says that he's essentially prolonged his life so he could take care of her. So yeah. like, that's a very big part of the season. And I, I mentioned this in our last discussion, but like, I actually really like that they try to like streamline and sort of tightly connect all these loose, random, weird things from the comics to make it sort of more like it, it all kind of fits into one kind of story arc versus all this random craziness that's in the Grant Morrison run and the Gerard Way run. So uh, how many episodes are there all together for the season? Do you know? Um, I, I think we're getting one or two more, and then there's a break. So I, I think it's it's ten, ten. nine or ten. Okay. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, if you look it up, I, I can kind of just like kind of keep this going. But like, to me, it feels like okay. Maybe you get like one more episode without Immortus, and then maybe the next episode after that they'll introduce Immortus. That'll be the break after that. And so we'll get to see who he is. And um, <laughs> sorry, so, sorry, no, buddy. No, it's it's all good. Believe me, I, I can relate. Um, he wasn't talking about shows that he hasn't watched, and oh. so I <laughs> didn't think it was a good idea. Right, right, right. <laughs> but what I was saying was that I think we'll get like one more episode with sort of like a random adventure, and whatever that thing in that adventure will be, it'll be like yet another thing they'll use to bring back Immortus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the, so the preview for the next episode um, was uh, everybody gets turned younger again. Oh, okay. I didn't see the preview. Okay. I, I, I never see them before, but apparently they, they – I think they had one last week too, which I thought was uh, – no, maybe they didn't. Well, they did um, a, yeah. a... You know what? I'm not used to seeing it, but this, this week I happened to catch it. So um, yeah. next, next week's episode is called Youth Patrol, and uh, everybody seems to be like teenagers or something. Oh, that's cool. Like a teenage Cliff and teenage... Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that with Cliff because he's a robot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll find out. That is cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah, this episode had like a recap in the beginning and I'm not used to them having recaps too. Yeah, they've had recaps this season almost, oh. almost every episode. Just to kind of like, you know, they um, in that first episode, they did mention some of the, the members of the Sister of Dada. They did, uh, Dorothy did pop up at one point in that one of the previews too, so... Um, oh, okay. I think it's helpful. Yeah. So one thing that I mentioned in my uh, notes, and I was wondering what you thought of this, is like, do you think that it's possible that like the whole idea that like the, almost like the thesis of this show is going to be that the world was regular, maybe there was some magic in it, but then like Dorothy, who has this ability to sort of like make fantasy become reality, uh do you think that she sort of like infected it with like comic book kind of reality? And that's why there's sort of weird comic booky shit in this world. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how central Dorothy is going to be. Uh, like I said, I do like the character and the actress playing her. I yeah. do hope she stays around, but I'm not so sure that they're going to have something that big yeah. uh, and show defining about that, about her. Um, yeah. I think whatever it's going to be, it's going to be uh, – I, the way I'm kind of envisioning the show ending is actually 
Uh, maybe not how, they, how it goes in the comics, but I imagine that they are going to save the world somehow and that they're all going to die doing it. Okay. Because, sure. the, because they've all lived so long and they've all gone through all these different things and I think they're all going to uh, accept it and become actual heroes and, and, and sacrifice themselves. Yeah, that's a really good point. Especially because like in the comics, the Doom Patrol dies a lot. So. Yeah, that's, that's true, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny because even when I was saying that idea that I had, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right though because don't they reference other superheroes that like they mention Superman and stuff sometimes? They have before, yeah. But yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, I mean, we already, this show doesn't even take place in the same universe as, Teen, as Titans. So I it's know. like, I don't think it matters uh, what they reference or not. It, it could be this. It could be the same version. It could not be. Yeah. Um, it, it could, I mean, it could be the Snyder thing. That it could not. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. They they tied it all together into that Crisis on Infinite Earths that the CW event. They did show the Doom Patrol at one point, but they were like their own separate world. Yeah. Well, that was that was the version that was in Titans, I believe, that they showed. Okay. Because uh, the Doom Patrol shows up in one of the early Titans episodes. Okay. And and it is it's Niles. Uh, I don't think Brendan Fraser was there yet. Okay. Um, but it, it it's uh, or maybe maybe it was Matt Bowman was. The cast wasn't set yet, but they showed up and that's considered a different version than the one we've been watching. Wow, you know, um, we always kind of bring this up when we have these discussions of like the DC stuff, but like, um. The, the most recent updates, right, since the last episode that we did with James Gunn, it, it, like, I think we mentioned this, but, like, Henry Cavill's completely out. Um, and then I think that they were saying that their goal was to have moved towards, like, a Crisis on Infinite Earths. The way they were going before, they were going to do, like, a Crisis on Infinite Earths. But now that James Gunn has come in with uh, Peter Safran or whatever his name is, um, they're, they're nixing that. They're doing something different. Did you hear that, too? Uh, I didn't hear anything about crisis, uh, um, but I, I, I believe it. Uh, it, it kind of makes sense. It, it kind of works towards uh, kind of a reset. I, I think they were aiming for a reset as well. Yeah. Um, and, and they may have not been recasting everyone necessarily in that yeah. reset, but they probably wanted like a story-wide reset to kind of unify the point where they're starting from. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's, a, that's essentially what James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to do, but they're just not going to make – a movie to do it they're just gonna do it okay okay uh, but, but i i really appreciate james gunn on twitter and just being open about things and, and the fans and kind of debunking things and like you, you seem to kind of um you know talk it out with the rock i mean he's even said now like he won't be back or anything like that uh but he wishes this everything's as, as a success in the future and all that so um I, I hope i hope that goes some way to ease the fire james gunn uh trends <laughs> yeah yeah restore the snyderverse fire james gun yeah it's just replace one with the other right yeah like he he angered like every group the people that wanted the snyderverse back the people that thought the the black adam was going to be a new start uh outside of the snyderverse so he just pissed everybody off <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to see what's going to be kept and what's not going to be kept um I, I also saw like a message from uh zachary levy today um he's talking about you know like you know the what's the state of things for him and Shazam. He yeah. said, like, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know, but he's, he's happy to, to, to have done what he's done. And whether he's involved or not, he's, he's going to be excited for it, he said. So it, it seems like they're just trying to, you know, make amends everywhere and just make this as clean of a break as possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I don't like to go off on tangents that are, like, 
away from what we're talking about with the show, but like I did want to talk to you about this. And maybe the people that are watching this are big comic book fans, big DC fans, but like um, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths just ended this week. That's the big DC event that was going on. And um, it's interesting because they made Black Adam such a big part of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it's like, um, they must have thought that the Black Adam movie was going to be a big hit, you know, that it was going to be this big sensation. Because, you know, it's, it's weird reading this comic now after the movie kind of came and bombed and you're looking at it, you're like, oh, they're trying to make Black Adam a thing. Yeah, but- I mean, Marvel's done that song and miss too with probably both the Inhumans and the Eternals. Um, yes. You, know, I, I, you saw their prominence come up when that uh, Inhumans TV show came out. You saw the Eternals make a comeback when the, that movie came out. Yeah, uh, and I don't think uh, I mean Inhumans whiffed real hard, Ooh, and I wouldn't say uh, Eternals whiffed as hard, but it, it certainly didn't leave the impact that it had that they intended. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and and even other examples at Marvel is like when they had uh, Fear itself, which is kind of like a Thor event, and that sort of was trying to cash in, I think, on like Thor, the Dark World, and I think Iron Man three was around there, and Iron Man's a big part of that. So they do that, like the comics try to like ride a wave but it's, yeah, it's of kind of funny they, they want people to leave the theater uh, after seeing the movie and be like oh what can i go buy that uh to continue reading about or learning about these characters like oh here's this new book that's that has these characters in them so let me go buy it yeah uh, i don't i don't think that ever translates that much I, I think the same people that were buying them beforehand are probably buying them still and uh maybe there's a few new people here and there but it's not not much i've actually been bringing brandon to the comic store every week and i, I let him buy two books every week god um, bless you and uh, I, I hope this. Uh, I mean, lately he just kind of flips through the pages and makes up his own language reading them. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, uh, he, he's had some interesting stories. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm gonna say that he said Venom is Jewish, according to Brandon. I was celebrating Hanukkah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that he knew what Jewish was, but he does. <laughs> so. Well, Bendis did write him for a while, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he makes every character Jewish, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, I, unless you have something else to say about Doom Patrol, I actually, you, you gave me like a little segue right there, too. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm pretty clear there. Um, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of a miss this week, but I, I hope we get back on track next week. Nice. So, so my little segue is that you're talking about bringing your son to the comic book store, and we're talking about the idea of sort of continuing the love for comics and stuff through uh passing on the generations right and i just read today that 50 percent of disney plus subscribers are actually people that don't have children right and i mean who knows where the fuck that person got that number from but what i thought was interesting about that is that they use it to make this point where they said that comic books kind of used this theory of like appealing to the older people like you and me versus trying to like draw in younger kids and i think that comics really suffered because of that you know um, go ahead yeah no i i i i think there are a lot of adult disney fans um you know um oh man i probably can't say that never mind um something related to 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 work uh but i never mind it's um, all good <laughs> I, the other thing too about uh, adults with you know kid related things that uh, there was an article uh, recently about that um, the the adult uh, adults buying action figures is the largest growing sector of toy buying in right now. That doesn't uh, surprise I, me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Right, 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 right. 
Yeah. But uh, but like yeah, but like it's it's just, it's just the thing. There's a lot of a lot of adults that haven't let go of their childhood, like me. Um, whether it's bad, um, it, who knows? I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that will say it's very bad. Um, yes. But... Don't don't feel shame, man. Because I mean, I just was in. I'm in my daughter's room. For those of us that are listening as a podcast, and I was recording here now. Um, and we we played this game where I had some Power Rangers, I had some Transformers, and my two daughters had Monster High dolls. And like the Decepticons are trying to break into Monster High so they could take their fear energy and transfer transform it into Energon. But the problem with my Transformers, what's that? I'd read that book. Yes, I, I'm sure you would from IDW. But um, but the problem is, Brian, is that my Transformers are not as big as like your Unicron back there or some of your other combiners and stuff. And so their their monster high dolls dwarfed my transformers, and they just proceeded to step on my transformers' dicks with their monster high heel shoes. Like you just had like Megatron on the ground with, with oh, my balls. Yes, my deceptive dick. Like, but it's just like stepping on Megatron's crotch. Okay. Giant high heels. So that, that's that's okay, what life maybe, is like. I'm gonna rescind my my, uh, my my subscription to that comic, maybe. Yes, yes. Or or maybe get more people into it. Who knows? You know. But <laughs> but 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 this is forty, right? So anyway, um, the the reason why I bring all this shit up as a segue is you have said before a couple times that like this show maybe is not for us. Willow's not for us. That's for like a younger generation. Do you feel like that still is? true and do you think that's why the show is not getting the love um it, it's hard i i think i think they're they're still banking on the nostalgia of our generation that saw that as children yeah and at the same time they're they're making it for a more a younger audience yeah um and i i just don't think you know that's like just two generations that maybe don't get along right now. I, I, I guess, I mean, I, I guess it's millennials and, and Gen, Gen Z. Is that what it is? I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that there it's, it's two different audiences and um, it's, I, I don't think the show has enough of the nostalgia to power through the, the kind of more modern stylings of the show, like the modern dialogue, the, the music. Um, and I, you know, some the person that said we were generous about Willow, they mentioned that it's a kind of like a CW teen drama style uh, feeling to it, and I, I I kind of agree with that. Um, yeah, there are points where I, I can I can look past that because I, I I just I do have a, a soft spot for this this uh, is is it a franchise? I guess it's a franchise with one thing in it. <laughs> it is now. Yeah, uh, I, I have a, a soft spot for this property. Uh, you know, I I was a, a movie I was fond of as a child. I watched it. Recently, and it's cheesy and corny, but I still, I still enjoy it. You know, yes, um, yep. I still like the show. I still do. But man, this episode tested me. Yeah, well, you know, it is. I think just to go along with what you said, that Disney, as a as a corporation, they're trying to appeal to every single group, right? Like, obviously, it seems like they're trying to appeal to um, children. And for a while there, it seemed like Disney's main audience was like young girls with princesses, but obviously it's like branched out, right? And so um, I think that what happens is when you try to please everybody, you sort of make this like lukewarm thing that maybe ultimately pleases no one. And that's what I think that this show is. 
I still like it, and I even like a few of the characters on the show. However, it I mean, this last episode was was rough. So, like, we should yeah. just go into it. Um, yeah. Episode 5 is entitled Wildwood, and so they went to Wildwood, New Jersey, right? They went to the beach. Yes. Yes. And, and, uh, uh, and they partied with the boners. Yeah, <laughs> with boners? Bone reavers. Oh, I think you said they partied with I, boners. I'm sure some of them had boners, too. <laughs> See, I, my mind keeps going like because I'm, I'm i'm going with the idea that they're at wildwood new jersey with like dudes like bros with boners and then you're talking about bone reavers i'm like well they probably have boners too you know anyway all right we're just we're off track here all right so um, the first thing i have to say about this episode the first thing that just bothered me uh the opening sequence they're playing like a, like a punk rockish alternative kind of song and they're just running away scooby-doo style from the, the gales man just Come on, man. Like, I, I understand that not every show needs to be this dark, gritty, nightmarish thing that, you know, tries too hard. But, like, the beginning, the opening sequence felt like Scooby-Doo here. And I don't think it needs, right? I think they needed to at least keep the Gales as something sort of menacing. I mean, I know they're kind of goofy, like, uh, you know, kind of like almost like Universal Monster style things there. But I think you can... Do it in such a way that they're, they're not like too dark and gritty, but they're still intimidating in some way. Yes. Like now, to me, they're a joke because yeah. they were just running around, you know, passing each other and whatever. So somehow, Will had a flamethrower on his back. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's like, don't. I mean, I kind of laughed at that, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, where did this thing come from? Where did it go? It, yeah. it wasn't magic. It, he was wearing something on his back, <laughs> and he just found a flamethrower. Um. So like. I mean, again, I did laugh at He said, like, Borman asked, like, where'd you get that from? And he's like, I don't know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I absolutely did. But it's like the beginning of this episode opened as, like, Scooby-Doo. And I, I, it, it bothered me. Okay. Well, you know, the, the beginning did kind of bother me, too. But I feel like what's really bad is what that guy said in the comments for us and what you were talking about before. It's just that, like, the characters talk as if they're from – our time like I, I said this in our notes where it's like none of the threats or anything seem real or concerning because the characters are talking as if they are people watching a fantasy show versus people that are living in the fucking yeah. fantasy world i mean i think it can work i mean i it has worked i mean um god what the hell was the movie with Heath ledger and now Tudyk and night's tale uh, night's tale yeah it worked in night's tale yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe is that what they're going for here? Is Night's Tale like, but but Willow and Night's Tale, Willow Tale. I don't <laughs> it's know. Just... <laughs> um, it, it's it's um. I, while I do think it worked in that movie, I, I don't think it it's working at all times here. Sometimes I can look past it, and that's fine. Like I, I think even in the movie, they didn't really. Everybody didn't exactly talk like it was you know a typical fantasy land, right? Uh, and, and so I can kind of see it, and I and again they they do want to like this is supposed to be a little bit more fun a little less serious so it's not going to be like like super serious like you know uh game of thrones would be or or rings of power or something like that and i appreciate that this is a little more lighthearted, but right. they're going a little bit too much with it i think at times and right, this right. episode really you know that struck hard for me this episode yeah yeah well i mean here's the thing right they go into the wild woods and there is there's the bone reavers they find them pretty much like right away 
the Bone Reavers killed one member of their party, like in the first episode. Now you could you could just brush it off and you'd be like, oh well, they didn't like that I guy. I about that even too. That makes it even worse. Right, right, right. Because you could brush it off. You could be like, oh well, no one liked that guy. He was this old fuddy duddy from the castle. I did like that guy. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they killed him. These Bone Reavers. Now, but taking into consideration too that Kit, well, I mean not Kit, I'm sorry, Jade is under the belief that the Bone Reavers killed her parents, too. So, yes. like, I, I said this in the notes, that basically, um, that actress, I gotta look up her name. Erin um, Kellyman? Thank you so much. Erin Kellyman, she... The, Disney obviously wants her to be the next big thing, because she's in every fucking thing. That's a franchise. But um, all of her reactions are just, like, these subdued reactions. You, you'd think that if she's getting captured by the people that potentially killed her parents she would just be like freaking out or like scared or just like savage but it just has all these subdued re reactions you know yeah yeah um again i i think the overall problem here is that they, they're trying to make the bone reavers sound like a, a sympathetic yeah here but yeah. but you're right the, the you know the in the first episode that they uh they're they're running away from them they kill that old dude um <laughs> someone makes a comment about Orman, you're alive as if they knew him. Yeah. Um, but so they, they have to tie in everybody into them. And then, like, they're just, like, in the forest here. And it was like Zion in the Matrix, but in the woods. Right. Um, it's, like, weird. It's like there are these people that wear skulls. And they were uh, they were all, like, um, uh, you know, they were all working for Badmorda. And they were slaying kingdoms and all this, hacking kingdoms. Right. Uh, it's just, it's a weird choice, I think. Um, I, I don't necessarily mind the the reveal that um jade is the is the, the daughter or granddaughter? daughter i think daughter of daughter. like that's fine to me but the way they portrayed the bone reavers was a huge miss here oh, uh, yeah. i don't think they should have made them sympathetic um and and, and that uh, was a detriment here I, the whole time i'm trying to like theory craft my way out of this episode because i was like just in disbelief the whole time there um they made a common beginning about going into the forest and like people don't go in there because they, they like drink, they breathe the air or drink the water and they never want to leave or something like that. Right. I thought they were going to take an angle like that and it was just all going to be like a dream or, a, or a, like a, a hallucination of some kind. But, but no, uh, it, it, it seems to be real, I guess. And they kind of leave on a cliffhanger. Um, and that's the one positive I will say about this episode. I really loved the very, very end of this episode. Um, they had this all, this very, you know, cliche, corny, like professional love between Jade and Kit, and they were about to kiss, and then weird ass trolls come and take her away, and it gets all dark. Everything literally got dark. Yeah. Uh, like the, the color palette on the whole show changed. Yeah. And then they went off of there. Um, I mean, maybe it's a little cliche that people keep getting kidnapped for an episode and they have to go rescue them, but I really liked that. That that almost felt like the you know the Samuel Jackson moment in Deep Blue Sea. You know, mm. and then the shark eats them. Um, right. You know they're they're setting up the, the the epic kiss and then it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I I thought that was a cool little like surprise thing. I legitimately was surprised at it. So that was the one positive I'll say out of this episode. But for the most part, um, I'll I'll admit I like seeing the brownies too. Um, oh really? Yeah. I, I I mean it was stupid and throwaway. Um, maybe they didn't necessarily need to be there, but they give Willow a map. Uh, I guess that's their contribution. Mm. Um. But again, the brownies were like silly, weird things. So it's a nostalgia thing. So that worked for me because it was mm -hmm. it was cheesy in the movie and it's cheesy here. But it works. That's the kind of that's the kind of thing I wanted. 
that's the kind of lighthearted thing I want to see from the show, I, I guess. Okay. I understand. I understand. You want there to be parallels. Like if it's cheesy in the movie, if it's like a goofy thing, then it could be a goofy thing in the show. If it's serious characters in the, the serious humans, like serious warriors in the first, in the movie, then they should be serious warriors in the show. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so there's a little bit, a few things to unpack with what you just said. First and foremost, one thing that I see consistently when I see people saying negative things about the show is uh, they talk about how people they hate kit people don't like kit right and 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 you've said before that like kit's supposed to be unlikable so that she can have an arc and then you can like her in the end and i've seen people even address that fact of like okay well she needs to be unlikable but it just seems like in general people just think that she's like sarcastic and annoying irredeemable and so um to see kit get taken away i think probably a lot of people were happy she she gets on my nerves. She there is there still is potential where this character could come around and do something. However, I th- I feel like we're five episodes in now. I I feel like the way the show seems, I don't think that I'll be satisfied with her, like our arc. And, and I, then, uh, I I again I I'm sticking to my guns here. Where I I agree that I think she is written in a semi-unlikable way on purpose. Yeah, oh, absolutely. She has been showing growth every episode and she becomes more likable every episode. Um, I, I don't dislike any of the characters in the show. I actually like everybody in the show. Um, and I, I, I'm still, I'm still going to keep watching. I'm still enjoying it. But this, this was to me, this was the weakest episode so far. Yeah. Well, okay. So I actually like all the characters too. Maybe not Kit. And I don't really like Jade that much. But I, I do like uh, Graydon, and I like uh, Laura Dannon, and I like Borman a lot, right? And Willow, obviously, right? Um, but this this is another thing I wanted to kind of unpack with what you were saying. With their romance, um, they act as if the romance is like this like forbidden thing. Like, oh, oh, they can't get together. Now, the only reason as an audience we think it's a forbidden thing is because it's set in a sort of medieval time, and we know that like being gay in medieval times you would probably get killed like it's a very dangerous thing but the way that the characters talk about them those two characters you you don't get this vibe of it's this taboo thing it's this dangerous thing the other characters talk about it like oh i wish you guys would kiss already or oh it's so obvious you guys like each other and it's like if we're saying that this is the same kind of thing as that medieval world that of earth the idea would be like, oh my God, you're doing something completely sinful or like you're doing something forbidden. You you could get killed. And and I just never got that kind of vibe that, that the world looks at being gay like that on this show. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I I mean, um, in the, in the movie, I mean, there's a scene where, uh, Matt Mardigan is cross-dressing. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's fine to, to be for them to be like this and be accepting of everything. I mean, we have, uh, multiple people of color, uh, you know, as main characters here. Um, I, I think this is just a inclusion diversity, um, casting, which, which is, it's, it's fine. It's just, they, um, I don't think every depiction of, of queer love in, uh, in, in medieval time, like settings needs to be like you mentioned, where it's like, it needs to be shunned and something that shouldn't shouldn't be happening it should be dangerous for them to do i think it's fine that the show is just approaching it and you know everybody's cool with it 
I mean, it's, you know, it's just a normal thing. I, I'm totally fine with that. Again, that's like kind of the lighthearted aspect here. And I, I, that doesn't bother me at all. I don't need everything to be super, uh, to adhere to actual historical standards because it's a fantasy world, you know? Okay, so are you saying then that like, it's, it's not really a matter of that they have this forbidden love because it's a gay thing. It's more like because they are friends or something that it's sort of this forbidden love. It's, it's, it's like because like they, they, they love each other, but they don't want to like ruin their friendship or their word. The other one doesn't feel that way. Like it's more like that kind of thing versus like, oh, if we, we can't be in love because they would show everyone we're gay. You, you know what I'm saying? The former. The, the fir- okay. 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 All right. That's fine. That, that. All right, I think you got me there. I think you got me swayed on that. Like, yeah, okay, okay. If it's if it's just kind of like, hey, you can be gay in this world, and it's just that we were friends, and we don't want to like, we're worried the other one might not feel the same way. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think like, I, I I think that's that's a it's it's a representation thing, inclusive. Yeah. Thing. And I think that's fine. Like, it's not it does not bother me in the least. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's interesting, like with the representation thing, because that is something I've seen with gripes and stuff with these kind of shows is like they talk about like oh well you know in this medieval setting like a european setting there would be like you know a lot of white people and you wouldn't see people yeah. again but, though it, it's it's a fantasy world right but what, what i'm trying to say is that even in this show i feel like it is kind of addressed because like jade is sort of like the exception versus the norm on this show and like uh graden he comes from like another country and stuff so it's not like just everyone mixed is from all different ethnicities. You know, it is predominantly yeah. white, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the movie was predominantly white, absolutely. Um, but that's that's just a product of the times, I think. Um, exactly. But, but again, in this particular instance here, the the inclusivity and diversity casting is not, I'm not even thinking about it twice about it, honestly. Yeah. It's likable. I, I, I appreciate that no one cares that they're different colors or or uh, sexualities or even gender roles here. We have some kind of tomboyish characters here. Um, I, I'm totally cool with everyone who's be accepting it and this going on and, you know, with, with their lives. Nice, nice, yeah. So um, I, I knew there was other stuff I wanted to complain about, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, okay, I think, I think maybe the only other thing was what, another thing that you said, too, was the idea that the Bone Reavers were scary in the movie. I mean, there really was only, like, one Bone Reaver, though, right? It was just Kale. No, but right? he, had, he had other war, like other guys with him and stuff that wore those skull masks. Oh, they had... Okay, see, that's the thing I should point out to our listeners is that, like, I have not rewatched Willow since the sh- I started watching the show, so... Yeah, um, I mean, in the show here, they're, they're making it seem like they were kind of conscripted under false pretenses... Yeah, and, and that's, like I, I just don't, I don't think that works. I, I really don't think that idea works in the show here, and I and I wish they would have been kept as more enemies. I, I I want some of these enemies to feel like threats, and right now, um, I, I mean, they kind of you know nerfed the the gales and the bone reavers in this episode all in one. So like, yeah. what's what's scary now? You know, hopefully the trolls will be kind of scary next episode. I mean, the, the trolls were kind of scary when I was like seven years old watching this movie, or six years old, whatever. Shit, yeah, ditto, ditto. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, we appreciate y'all's comments and stuff. You know, obviously, we have some criticism about the show too, um, but we're gonna keep watching it. We're gonna keep reviewing it. I, I think, like, in general, Brian, I've, I've been kind of dissatisfied with the Disney Plus shows, with the exception of Andor. I, I said this in the notes that basically, like, 
Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, this show, Book of Boba Fett, a lot of it feels like just sort of like checking off kind of plot boxes and not like a like a thought out emotionally satisfying thing like it's just kind of like oh well this has to happen you know like moon knight has to do this and and will they have to do this they have to bring back these people and um i i believe me i understand that all of the mcu is a lot of that but the the mcu movies that are high on our rankings are the movies that are usually made by like a, a filmmaker that has a vision versus like the journeyman filmmakers. And yeah, so, um, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, but at the same time, I think um, Andor was just an exceptionally made series. Right. And, and I don't think every single show would work. No. It, it would work if every single show was like that. It, it worked for me because it was a little bit different than everything else we've seen on this platform so far right right and i'm you know and i even said this in the notes too like i definitely do not want a dark and gritty willow you know i don't need that no but like you know i just feel a little spoiled by andor because it reminded me of like kind of like the more prestige tv that i watch with my wife versus like the stuff i watch you know the review for this channel yeah. and um you know i i hope that we get more stuff like that um, with Willow, I, I do wish that, like, basically what you've been saying this whole episode is, like, make the, the, the tension, like, make it more real. Make the threats more intimidating, right? Yeah. Yeah. Make things have consequence. Like, yeah, I, I want that, too. Um, uh, again, I, I go back to um, the end of the third episode. Like, that second half of that third episode was the best thing in the show so far to me. Um, yeah. You know, they, they fought the, 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 the corrupted warriors, you know. They lost Sil uh, Silas. Silas. Yes, yes. He was yeah. the other. I, mean, I, I like I like them a lot. I already forgot his name, but like uh -huh. you know, um, you know, uh, Graydon got 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 hurt and everything. It, it felt that 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 was that's the the kind of feeling I wanted really. Um, right. Some stakes, but not completely like too dark and stuff. You know. Exactly. Um, but a little a little more than what we had in this episode. Okay. Cool. All right. Well. Uh, we appreciate y'all's comments and stuff for, for this episode. We're going to watch this. We're going to keep watching Doom Patrol and uh, make sure that if you guys haven't subscribed, you like hearing me and Brian talk about this kind of stuff, you know, please do. And then also, if you ever want to like comment and let us know what you guys think too, we'll definitely address it and bring it up as well. But uh, thank you guys so much. Happy, uh, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you guys celebrate, please enjoy it and know that we appreciate having you guys around. So until then, Brian and I will see you guys next week.